Good afternoon. This is Dr. Dan Guerra. This is Authentic Biochemistry Podcast. Today is 8 January 2024, and this is going to be a leukotriene lecture in our biomedical portraits. So I'm leaving the ethanol lectures and I'm going back to leukotrienes. We probably have one or two more ethanol lectures if you're keeping track with those uh, as well. So we're talking about this paper that looked at the expression both at the transcriptome and the proteome of PPARs and RXRs. Those are two transcription factors that function as heterodimers. And what the, the study was about was to look at bovine uterine epithelia, stromal, and myometrial cells. It's a reproductive biology paper, basically uh, endocrinology. So they wanted to examine these two um, transcription factors. Now, recall from last time, it's been a few days, so I'll just remind you that prostaglandins and leukotrienes differentially, but together, can induce the transcription of peroxyproliferator activator receptor as well as retinoic acid receptors. Now, retinoic acid receptors, the RXR type, is a different subtype from the RAR. And we're going to get into the detail there because there are slightly different ligand utilizations in the RXRs. Let's remember that PPARs and RXRs, once they are transcribed and translated in the bovine u- uterine epithelia, stroma, and myometrial cells, are functioning there to control gene expression as a dimer, as a transcription factor localized in the nucleus. So this is the whole discussion of what leukotrienes are involved in. These leukotrienes in this particular situation are involved in the discrete expression patterns of those two transcription factors, thus yielding downstream reproductive biological effects. Okay. So that, remember, they looked at a host of prostaglandins leukotrienes. And they also looked at, at um, how these prostaglandins leukotrienes perform as ligand agonists to those hetero um, dimer transcription factors. So they looked at PG2, PGF2 alpha, LTC4, LTB4, all used. Um, at least canonically considered to stimulate the transcription of both PPARs and RXRs in these uterine cells. So <clears throat> they show that the changes in the transcriptional pattern of the RXRs after arachidonic oxygenation metabolite synthesis indicates the importance of the RXR subunit in that specific complex in the bovine uterus. Now, why is that? Because it's been known for a very long time that prostaglandins control gestation and many aspects of parturition. Okay, This is where they're, they're stepping back one, looking at um, the these fatty acid oxygenation products, then asking what is next in the uh, sequence of events. And the sequence of events is a transcriptome and a proteome unique to those transcription factors.
So they found the expression PPR alpha, delta, gamma, as well as RxR alpha, beta, and gamma. In epithelia, stromal myometrial cells could all be um, differentially altered using those particular prostaglandins, leukotrienes I just mentioned. They were using real-time PCR. They found that leukotriene C4, that peptidoleukotriene, upregulated PPAR alpha and PPAR gamma at the transcriptional level in the epithelia. But it downregulated, that is LTC4, downregulated PPR alpha messenger RNA expression in the stromal cells. Okay, so there was a difference in the different anatomical domains of the uterus. So PPAR gamma transcription was increased by PGF2 alpha. So that's a, pro, that's a prostaglandin, not a leukotriene. Now that's what turned up <clears throat> the transcription expression pattern of PPR gamma in the stroma cells, okay? Not the epithelia. And they didn't find uh, any of the other prostaglandins having any particular stimulation and not significantly affecting PPR alpha, delta, or gamma transcription. So the transcription of PPR alpha was the highest in the myometrial cells. Expression of PPAR delta was highest in epithelia, and PPAR gamma expression was similar in the control groups of all the different cell lineages they studied. It didn't seem to be differentially expressed. So now what about the protein? At the proteome level, PPR alpha, delta, and gamma, they were using Western blotting here, didn't seem to differ amongst the different stimulatory induction experiments. So PPR alpha and gamma protein expression was similar in all the cell types. PPAR delta protein expression was higher in epithelia as compared to stroma and myometrium. Okay, it's like the background level of expression. Now, what about the RxRs? All the RxR isoforms were expressed at the transcriptional level in epithelia, stroma, and then the myometrium. That's all primary uterine tissue, right? The RNA level of all the RxRs, this is the transcriptome for the RxRs, was lowest in the epithelia, but it was similar comparing the stroma and the myometrium. Now, stimulation with LTC4 and LTB4, those two leukotrienes, increased RxR beta messenger RNA levels in the epithelia, but interestingly downregulated the same transcription factor, RxR beta, in the stroma primary cells. Okay? So that's the peptidoleukotriene. Now, the leukotriene B4 downregulates RxR gamma transcription in the epithelial primary cells. So you see there's a great deal of distinct differentiation in the different leukotriene patterning of expression in different cell types in the uterus and the prostaglandin 
expression of this RXR, transcription factor, similar to how we saw changes in the PPARs. Remember, you have three different PPAR transcription factors. You have three different RXR transcription factors. Then you can make multiple complex combinations of those total six transcription factors when you make the heterodimers. And they're all going to yield unique transcriptomes. So you're looking at the transcriptomic pattern of the leukotrienes of prostaglandins on the transcription factor expression, both transcriptionally and at the protein level. So at the translational level. And then remember, once that's completed, then we have to look at what are the expression patterns from those two transcription factors when they dimerize, heterodimerize in those unique complexes, right? So there's a great deal of complexity here, is what I'm saying. <clears throat> so the expression of the PPAR alpha messenger RNA declined to 75% compared with a scrambled siRNA. PPAR delta to 60% and PPAR gamma to about the same. Okay? So only LTB4 treatment of the cells significantly increased PPAR gamma transcription in the stromal cells. Okay? Now, stimulation with the other arachidonic acid oxygenation products like PG2-alpha, PGE, PGF2-alpha, and LTB4, LTC4 did not affect transcription of any of the three PPAR isoforms in cells where there was silencing of those genes using the siRNA. Okay, so what does that mean? That means at the RNA level, there is regulation, but not necessarily at the proteome level. Right? Because what they discovered was none of those leukotrienes or prostaglandins influenced the protein expression of any of those PPARs, the alpha, the alpha, the delta, and the gamma. Okay. So that's interesting. That means a transcript then, stability is playing a role here. And translatability. But, so once a transcript is made, that can be controlled at the prostaglandin leukotriene level, but the level of protein expression is not. So that means other factors are involved. Two component system here. One transcriptional, one translational. Okay. Now, I remind you, the racodonic acid first um, goes through the 5-lipoxygenase, making LTA4. And then the LTA4 hydrolase enzyme will make LTB4. The other fates of LTA4 is to pick up glutathione and make LTC4, right? And that's the LTC4 synthase. Or the LTA4 initial 5-epoxygenase product from arachidonic acid, from preformed phospholipoglycerol lipid, will go through the uh, lipoxygenase 1215 pathway, making LXA4. Okay. I'm just reminding you about the family of 
enzymatic products of the different lipoxygenase patterning and the leukotriene pathways. That's what I just did there. Bring it back to focus to you. Now remember, they wanted to know what was the transcriptome and proteome of those two transcription factors. That was the number one issue, but they wanted to know how these fat, these oxygen fatty acids play the role, right? Now, a peroxidal proliferated response element is found in the prostaglandin endoperoxidase synthase 2. Now, that enzyme is also known simply as COX-2. So there's a PPAR regulation of expression of the enzyme that is involved in prostaglandin synthesis. And of course, that would be a promote uh, would be the promoter binding to that response element. So that's PPAR binding to PPRE, right? That's the response element, that's DNA level. Where PPAR, those are going to be the protein level. And in particular promoter we're looking at here, this is the prostaglandin and a peroxidase synthase 2 is the one that's tuned up. So it's a direct interaction then, okay? A direct interaction with prostaglandin metabolism and PPAR transcription translational patterns. So you see how this is functioning. Prostaglandins specifically, endospecifically control the expression of the transcription factors, which then go on to bind to response elements to control the biosynthesis via the expression of the enzymes for those nested set of prostaglandins and leukotrienes. Okay. Now, so the activation, I want to make this clear, activation of the PPARs will affect, and, and they're activated, again, by binding to the prostaglandins and leukotrienes specifically, remember? The activation of those PPAR transcription factors therefore affects the COX-2 expression. That's in the bovine, but it's also in the literature in the human endometria. And the activation of PPR alpha and delta in the bovine endometrial cells ultimately also enhances, this is downstream, the secretion of prostaglandin E2 and prostaglandin F2 alpha. Okay? So you have prostaglandins controlling the expression of transcription factors that control the expression of the enzymes that synthesize those prostaglandins. That is a feed-forward effect. But at the transcriptional translational level of two nested sets of genes, the transcription factors and the enzymes involved in the biosynthetic pathway, the particular oxygenation pathway, for that constellation of oxygenated arachidonic acid products, either the prostaglandins or the leukotrienes. Okay. So PPR alpha, delta, and gamma agonists increase PGF2 alpha and PGE2 production. 
in this study and also when you look at the literature, it's been shown in porcine endometrium, particularly during the mid to late luteal phase of the estrus cycle. So you see where this plays a vital role in mammalian reproduction. So they went on to investigate the effect of PGE2 and PGF2 alpha on PPR expression in the epitheliostroma myometrium of the bovine uterine cells in the mid-luteal phase of the estrus cycle. Prostaglandins E2 and F2-alpha did not significantly affect peroxyproliferative activated receptor expression, except for the increase in PPAR gamma messenger RNA transcription in stroma cells stimulated only with PGF2-alpha. So that gave you, it goes back to what I told you uh, about 10 minutes ago, but it's giving you more of the fine-grained detail of what's going on here. However, leukotriene B4, these are leukotriene lectures, of course, I haven't forgotten. Leukotriene B4 plays a luteotropic role, and it stimulates prostaglandin 4 and PGE2. Okay, so and also progesterone. So leukotriene is luteotropic because it stimulates progesterone and PGE2 secretion. You understand? So steroidogenesis as well as eicosanoid synthesis. Okay, so remember that the same um, steroid, okay, that is uh, STC4, also stimulates the secretion of PGF2-alpha. And that PPR gamma transcription was decreased by LTB4 in the myometrial cells, but increased by LTC4 in the epithelia. So there's crosstalk between the leukotrienes and the prostaglandins with the steroidogenic hormones, acting as either precursor product relationships in terms of expression patterns, or in terms of crosstalk to turn on the circuitry for both RXR and PPAR transcriptional regulation, such that the final suite of steroids, eicosanoids, both of the prostaglandin and leukotriene type, are ultimately generated in a specific stoichiometric quantity and quality. All right? And in the physiological level, it's just simply you can say PBR gamma seems to be involved in the luteolytic pathway in the estrous cycle. You see how that works? So each PPAR gene was silenced in stromal uterine cells as a representative cell type because they wanted to investigate the changes in intracellular signal transduction through those PPAR transcriptional factors. Let me check my time here. I know there's a lot of detail. And I am, I'm going to, I'm going to be synthesizing this. 
That's what I'm doing now, basically. So they want to investigate by using the silencing because they wanted to silence what? The translation, right? They wanted to look at just the transcription and then silence translation and then follow through the signal transduction cascade. Okay? Because you know, if you inhibit translation, you're not going to inhibit all the translation or all the proteome of those polypeptides. You're only inhibiting the proteomic product of the transcriptomic induction when you use an siRNA background, right? Because you still have protein synthesized that was already synthesized and resident in the uterus, right? So this is a good a good way to study this reproductive biology. Very good, right? So the RNA expression of all the PPR isoforms was decreased, confirming that the gene silencing was successful. So how about that for being interesting? So what happens then when they silence at the siRNA level, right? They remove the RNA, so that means you decrease that. And removing the RNA will then corrupt the transcriptomic regulation of the proteomic product, which is linear with what we understand about transcription and translation, right? Yes, it is. It means that this is an induction system. That's, that's all it really they're trying to say here. So each PPAR subtype, remember, now we're going to make it more complex. Each PPAR, that's a transcription factor, subspecies, must bind to a specific subspecies of the RXR family. Otherwise, there's no function to control transcription. Of what? Transcription of the genes that regulate <laughs> prostaglandin, leukotriene, and steroidogenesis. Right. So that means we have to go, now go back and talk about RXR expression in the bovine uterine cell. And they, they, we have to go back and discuss at some deeper level the influence of all the different oxygenation products of arachidonic acid and whether or not that has a preferential effect on the specificity of the PPAR-RXR heterodimer complexes. Now, RXR receptors and retinoic acid receptors, those are RARs, remind, it's a reminder, are, of course, nuclear receptors. They're retinoic acid nuclear receptors. And they mediate the biological effects of retinoids specifically because they involve the retinoic acid-mediated transcriptome and proteome. So those receptors function as transcription factors by binding as homodimers or heterodimers to specific response elements in the promoters of target genes, just like the PPARs. And the protein encoded by the gene is a member of the steroid thyroid hormone receptor superfamily of transcriptional regulators. And indeed, there's alternative splicing of the RXRs and RARs, giving you yet more multiples 
of geometrical um, arrangement of geometrical meaning the geometrical expansion of the possibilities of homodimers, heterodimers, of RXRs, RARs, and RXRs with PPARs. Okay. So the binding preferences of PPAR and RXR isoforms have been described. And remember this, the RXRs require nine cis retinoic acid ligand binding. Okay. So retinoic acid, of course, is a metabolite of vitamin A. So that's part of the carotenoid pathway, right? Yes, that's an essential in the diet. And the nine cis retinoic acid, just one form of retinoid. So PPR alpha delta, no, excuse me, PPR alpha and gamma transcriptional levels was increased concurrently with RXR beta transcription. Now we mentioned that a while back. Okay. And this is the same thing that's observed in human endometria. The only difference is the preferential binding isn't with RXR beta, but with RXR alpha. So there's a turn of events there between the human and the bovine. That's not surprising. So RXRs, remember, are essential in hormonal receptor pathways by forming homodimers and heterodimers with retinoic acid receptors, thyroid hormone receptors, vitamin D3 receptors. It's another steroidogenic pathway. PPARs, which is the topic we're dealing with here, and many other orphan receptors. Okay? So these RXRs, RIRs, are players in multiple lineages of endocrine and paracrine hormone regulation of gene expression and mammalian cells. And the highlight of the control over gene expression has been illuminated best in the reproductive tissues. Okay? That's the important thing. And icosanoid binding is also necessary because RXR reactivity doesn't function with the PPARs unless there is icosanoid ligand pretreatment. That's the point being made. All right? So let's see if there's anything else I need to put through here. I think um, I'm not going to make this any more complex than, than what we've already developed here. So PPR alpha, delta, and gamma agonists increase PGF2 alpha and PGF F, PGE2 and PGF2 alpha, both of those prostaglandins. And both of them control PPR expression, as we just mentioned, epithelia, stroma, and myometrial bovine uterine cells. And it occurs in the mid-luteal phase of the estrus cycle. And these prostaglandins E2 and F2-alpha further stimulate 
progesterone and PGE2 secretion, whereas LTC4 stimulates the secretion only of PGF2 alpha. Okay, so that synthesized the last five minutes of our discussion of the differential control of leukotriambia, um, the expression of the RXR PPARs versus the eicosanoids of the prostaglandin subclass controlling those same transcription factors. Differential control, okay? So that, and the silencing they did was to study the effects of the prostaglandins and the leukotrienes, the silencing of the uh, transcripts for PPAR and RXR to determine that there is a distinction between the processing of the transcript and the proteome or whether or not the transcriptional regulation is solely controlled by the leukotrienes or by the prostaglandins if there's a differential and they're not okay so there's more control or at the translational level that is governed by the oxygenation products of arachidonic acid and they're not measuring those because they're not sure what they are but one would assume it would have a lot to do with all those other regulations, the vitamin D3, thyroid hormone, and other steroid hormones, as well as potential for even other leukotrienes, prostaglandins, thromboxanes, prostacyclins, and P450 monooxygenase products of arachidonic acid. And there, stop. Now think about the antagonism that may be played if the fatty acids that are being oxygenated by COX or by LOX or by P450 oxygenated.